looking for a place that you can bring your family and receive love and encouragement, then welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, where you'll find a safe place for you and your family, a place where praise and worship is encouraged and the preaching and teaching of God's Word is anointed and fulfilling. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services. To a little bit of church every day. Home Bible study, 21st century style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also Go to Q95FM.net, whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606 606- 282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord everybody and welcome to a Friday edition that's right. You made it to a Friday. It is Friday, September the 8th. You made it to the end of the week. 
And we're glad that you joined us today for another CAC Daily iCast. Got some stuff that we need to make mention of, of course. We got our announcements coming up. And one of the announcements is we got our celebration dinner tonight. So if you want to be a part of that, come on out and be with us at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. And uh, we're going to be celebrating 46 years of marriage that me and my wife have been married so we're going to have a great time. That's tonight at 6 p.m. Also, Christmas program sign-up sheet is on the back podium at CAC. Be sure to sign up now. And uh, Sunday, September the 17th, Brother Cornelius Harper is going to be with us on the 11 a.m. service only. And then we're going over to Pipeful Apostolic Church, and we're going to be celebrating PAC's 11th anniversary service. That'll be Sunday, September the 17th, 2 p.m. Brother Cornelius Harper is the speaker and a cookout following. So, yeah, we're going to have a great time, and you do not want to miss that. And then homecoming services coming up at CAC, Saturday, October the 21st, 7 p.m., and Sunday, October the 22nd at 11 a.m., Brother George Scott's going to be with us. And then CAC Harvest Time Crusade, Friday, November the 17th, 7 p.m. Brother, Brother Buddy Puckett, Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m. Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m. Brother Michael Maupin. And also CAC Daily iCast, we're going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary service. That'll be December the 5th that we will celebrate 10 years of being a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style. So, yeah, there you have it. And, of course, we do have our prayer requests that we want you to be praying about, and uh, we will read off the last uh, 10 of these. And we want to remember Annie Thacker, Raymond Thacker, Lindsay LeBlanc, Nancy Brown, Reed Darnell, Tito Ratliff, Marvin Bentley, Hannah DeBarge, Deacon DeBarge, and Barbara Dove. Let's remember all of these in prayer, that the Lord will just touch each and every one. And of course, if you'd like to call in, you can call in 606-282-4108, or you can email those to prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we open up today's service. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you for this day that you have made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that is watching today, that uh, they will receive something from the broadcast that will inspire them to draw closer to you. I pray that you would move in their homes, move in their lives, and move in this studio today. I pray also, Lord, that you would move in a mighty miraculous way for all those in the nursing home, hospitals at home, wherever they may be this hour. Sister Tito, I pray that you would continue to touch her, Lord, and all of those on our prayer list. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, for it's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, today's weather... I just was listening earlier, and uh, there's a hurricane that's already a Cat 5, and it's like a week away from even getting to uh, maybe Maine or or uh, that area, if it even gets to Maine. Uh, but it's a week away, but it's already a Cat 5. And they said this could be one of those that's right up there with the, with the top three or uh, maybe even 
even more if it strengthens more. So we'll see how that uh, progresses. But uh, looking at our current weather, of course, uh, we have a prediction of 81 degrees, partly sunny and humid with a shower in places. So I hope this isn't the places. And uh, so partly sunny and humid, but it does look like that uh, we got a little bit of sunshine trying to poke through the clouds, but it does look like rain. And then uh, tomorrow, going to be a high of 76, a shower in places in the morning, otherwise humid in intervals of clouds and sun. And then on Sunday, looks like it's going to be a high of 72, cloudy and humid with a thunderstorm in spots. So yeah, we got we got some rain until Monday, and then look on Monday, increasing amounts of sunshine. I asked a DJ one time, I said, well, let me ask you a question. It's just something that's always I pondered on. Sometimes people say it's partly sunny, and then they say it's mostly cloudy. What uh, What's the difference? And uh, he just laughed, and he said, whatever mood the DJ's in at the time. If he's in a good mood, it's partly sunny. If he's in a bad mood, then it's mostly cloudy. So there you have it. That's how they determine what's going on. <laughs> well, you did make it to a Friday, and uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to be gathering at CAC. They're going to honor me and my wife with a anniversary dinner, and we certainly appreciate their desire to do so. And let's see what's going on on the radar. As we uh, look at our radar conditions, uh, you can see that right here in our little portion of East Kentucky doesn't show any rain, so that means there's just clouds around. And uh, the nearest rain looks like it's somewhere in the neighborhood of Frankfort, Kentucky, and just west of that, maybe just on the east side of uh, Louisville. And... Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't look like uh, we got anything going on right now. So we can just kick back and relax and enjoy a humid day. <laughs> yeah, a humid day. Well, anyway, that's what's going on in our little portion of the world. And, of course, uh, wherever you are, we hope that you are having a great day and enjoying your day, uh, you know, uh, Looking at uh, the world we're living in, a lot of people says, what's there to be happy about? Well, everything. This is the day the Lord hath made, and the Bible says we need to rejoice and be glad in it. So if we will do that, then maybe we'll be happy every day. This is the day the Lord hath made, so I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Well, Let's just jump right into our Bible reading. We're reading our way through the uh, Old Testament. Once we get through the New Te Old Testament, we're going to just continue right on through the New. So if you stick around long enough, you can say you've read through the Bible right here on CAC Daily iCast. year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah but David tarried still at Jerusalem 
And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived, and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house, and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house, with all the servants of his lord, and went not down to his house. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down unto his house. David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? And Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As thou livest, and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. And David said to Uriah, Tarry here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at even he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his lord, but went not down to his house. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab, and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter, saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. And it came to pass, when Joab observed the city, that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war, and charged the messenger, saying, When thou hast made an end of telling the matters of the war unto the king, and if so be that the king's wrath arise, and he say unto thee, Wherefore approached ye so nigh unto the city when ye did fight? Knew ye not that they would shoot from the wall? Who smote Abimelech, the son of Jerubasheth? Did not a woman cast a piece of a millstone upon him from the wall, that he died in Thebes? Why went ye nigh the wall? Then say thou, Thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went, and came and showed David all that Joab had sent him for. And the messenger said unto David, Surely the men prevailed against us, and came out unto us into the field, and we were upon them, even unto the entering of the gate. And the shooter shot from off the wall upon thy servants, and some of the king's servants be dead. And thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said unto the messenger, Thus shalt thou say unto Joab, 
Let not this thing displease thee, for the sword devoureth one as well as another. Make thy battle more strong against the city and overthrow it, and encourage thou him. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. degrees outside and looks like it's going to be kind of a cloudy sunny day and we'll just have to wait and see what all transpires but uh i was looking at some notes we're studying in revelation and uh, we had got down to verse number eight yesterday and uh, we're going to just kind of uh rewind just a little bit today and kind of give you a little bit of history of everything uh, that Revelation is. We we explained a lot of it yesterday, I feel, but uh, maybe this will help a little better understanding. We want you to uh, understand as much as Revelation as we can. There, Of course, there may be things that we don't understand, and there's nothing uh, wrong with that because uh, Revelation uh, the events that's taken place uh, really doesn't have anything to do with our salvation, even though it has everything to do with us knowing the time and being ready and staying ready and and uh, not waiting until we see these things and then say, oh, I better start getting ready. Uh, these are things that is to come. And uh, so uh, we, we have some people who... Uh, who say that these things have already come. And some people in our world have said that these are things that just happened in a certain place. But these are things that pertain uh, to us also as the New Testament church. So we're going to do a little something-something that we do about this time of the broadcast. And, of course, uh, we like to get as much knowledge of the Word as we can so we're going to do our trivia question of the day. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Woo-wee! That's some mighty fine internet radio. Time is, I tell you what time it is. It's time for another CAC trivia question of the day. CAC trivia question of the day is brought to you by Cornerstone Apostolic Church and the Apostolic Voice of Phelps radio and television broadcast. The radio broadcast is heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY FM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. 
You can also go to Q95FM.net and click on the Listen Live link Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also watch the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW. That's WQCW-TV. And you can also watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Well, today's trivia question, not what grouple, but what group, what group of split-hoofed animals were permissible as food under the Old Testament law. Again, I'm going to try to correct that as it should be. And uh, instead of grouple, it's going to be group. What group of split-hoofed animals were permissible as food under the Old Testament law? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results of that on tomorrow's broadcast. And speaking of results, we do have the results of yesterday's trivia question. Well, yesterday's trivia question was just simply this. Uh, How many undefiled stand on Mount Zion with the Lamb in Revelation? How many of uh, the undefiled stand on Mount Zion with the Lamb in Revelation? Out of those that participated, it looks like 100% of you got it correct. And that's 144,000. And, of course, that is found in Revelation chapter 14 and verse number 1. So, uh, yeah, all of you got it correct. So we'll give you another hand clap. And uh, you can get today's correct. What group of split-hoofed animals were permissible as food under the Old Testament law? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. Looking outside my window pane, it is 70 degrees outside. Going to be hot. Going to be humid. May have a shower in places. I just hope it's not in this place. Yeah. And also tonight, 6 o'clock, going to have a recognition dinner for me and my wife. Yeah, the church is presenting that. And that will be at um, 6 o'clock as we celebrate 46 years of marriage. And coming up in just about four minutes, we're going to be having our teaching session. So you don't want to, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, get in a place where you uh, don't get that information and that taken care of because we want you to study along with us. That's right. Well, you got a minute. Of course you got a minute. Well, then you got time for 60 seconds with the pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Pastor Richard D. McKinney, and welcome to 60 Seconds with the Pastor. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27 says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means... 
when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. We too must train to run this race, eating the word of the Lord, abstaining from the devil's junk food, and don't just go through the motions like shadow boxing, beating the air. It may look impressive, but it doesn't give you the win. Many today are nothing more than Pentecostal shadow boxers. They perform for the crowd, never connect a punch to win the victory. They only beat the air. Are you just beating the air or are you landing punches of victory? Punches of victory. Are you just a Pentecostal shadow boxer or are you making every lick count? Well, Perry Mason has uh, joined us for the broadcast this morning, and he likes to hang out on the back of this office chair. And he uh, he hangs on for dear life because sometimes I forget he's back there, and I'll swing around, and he'll about get thrown off. So, yeah, he uh, he likes to join the broadcast. He likes to join my wife when she's teaching on the ladies' uh, teaching, and. Uh, he likes to get up there and uh, be with her during the broadcast. So he's watching the garbage people pick up garbage right now and wondering what they're doing. So if you see him looking wild-eyed, that's what he's looking at through the window. You can see through the window straight ahead, and uh, you can see down the road, and that's what he's looking at. But uh, we're glad that you've joined us today coming up in just about a minute. Well, since we just have... Just about a minute. Right now would be a good time to do the Commonwealth Minute. This is the Commonwealth Minute by Commonwealth Policy Center. And this is going to be uh, Richard Nelson, our executive director. So here we go. Public school pays up for gender transitioning sixth grader. Here we go. Welcome to the Commonwealth Minute. Here's your host, Richard Nelson. What happens when a public school engages in the social gender transition of a sixth grader without telling the parents? In the case of a California middle school, the mother sued. Jessica Conan learned that her 12-year-old daughter's middle school referred to her with male pronouns and allowed her to use the boys' restrooms, and they kept it a big secret from Conan but not without consequences. The Spreckles Union School District in Monterey County, California, paid $100,000 to settle out of court with Conan. Now, there's a lesson here for schools across the nation and in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and that's that parental rights trump gender ideology. Students are not social experiments, and being truthful about a child's biological gender and protecting their well-being must be paramount for public school personnel. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at CPC4Kentucky and on the web at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. Well, we all had to see that coming, that eventually somebody says enough is enough. So they school, uh, sued the school district and got $100,000 settling out of court. And uh, so that is going to lead the way for many, many more school districts. So they need to really think about what they're doing this world just gone crazy and think they can do anything and that parents are just, you know, home dwellers. They're not even got any authority over their children. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what, when you read the book, uh, in, in Exodus and you read in, in, uh, in all the, the, uh, journeys of the children of Israel, like when they were captive in 
in uh, Egypt. Well, Pharaoh was willing to let the adults go worship, but he said, I'm going to keep your little ones here. And they said, no, we have to have our little ones with us. You see, uh, it's always been an attack on right morals, uh, things that are righteous and holy, and uh, and and all of that. It's a, it's been an attack on that, but it's also been an attack on our children. And uh, Perry Mason has decided that he's going to uh, get my earbud cord that's hanging down my back, and he's uh, he's pulling at it. So I may lose connection here in just a minute and not be able to hear myself. Well, it is time for us to take our little break, and the reason we take a break, we got to clear up the lag so that we can record our teaching sessions because sometimes people have to watch them on their own time frame. So uh, don't touch that any key. Don't go anywhere because, Lord's will, we'll be right back. Welcome to A Little Bit of Church Every Day, home Bible study 21st century style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net, whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another CAC Daily iCast, just a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style, as we bring you just a little bit of church and a little bit of home Bible study so that we can all just start our day on the right foot. 
And uh, so we want to pick up where we left off uh, yesterday. And as uh, I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, uh, we are going to uh, kind of go back and reiterate some things uh, because we want to make sure that everything is uh, clarified and we have a good background of some of the things that's being studied in Revelation. So we'll be doing that. But we want to go right back to... Um, uh, the uh, word of the Lord, and we're going to pick up in verse number eight, and uh, we're going to just uh, uh, read verse number eight, and then we will start our study. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Well, we want to go to the Lord in prayer. This is lesson number 1076 of our study through the word. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence. And we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together in your precious name. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us as we study the word today, that we will get a well-rounded understanding of history, of events, and be able to rightly divide the word of truth and expound it fully to the people. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Well, yesterday we were talking about, um, you know, especially one of the things, him which is, was, and is to come. This is a Greek, a Greek exposition, if you will, of uh, God's Old Testament reference of I am. I am that I am. And so that's uh, how we know who Jesus is. Remember, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that's what the book of Revelation is about. It's not just end-time events. It's also the revelation of who Jesus is. So with that said, I want to uh, kind of uh, just go back and give you a little bit of more uh, some commentary uh, understanding. Some uh, uh, There's a great lesson uh, called Daniel and Revelation because they kind of go hand in hand. And uh, this kind of uh, just opens up maybe some history, maybe some uh, events, maybe just give us a, a broader view, if you will. So I want to uh, just open up with uh, Revelation 1 and 1, of course, uh, and I'll just back up to that. Because um, Revelation 1 and 1, of course, just opens up uh, the opening verse of this book. We have a true name of these writings. It's not the revelation of St. John, but rather the revelation of Jesus Christ. The whole prophecy is an unveiling of Jesus. Remember, we talked about the veil being let down. So it's the unveiling of of Jesus. And also, uh, he is the true author of the book. He's the author and the finisher. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. So we find that it is at the same time, he is revealed throughout the whole book. So even though we're studying end time events, things that's coming, Jesus is being revealed throughout the whole book. And uh, the prophecy uh, is both by him and about him. And uh, uh, for he dominates 
its entire action. So that's the whole purpose of the book is the revelation. Look at what it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, John was a disciple who leaned upon the Lord, Lord's breast at the Last Supper, and he beheld the transfiguration of Jesus on the mount and witnessed also his agony in the Garden of Eden. But also, we see that uh, he was there uh, at, the, at the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was also witness to him hanging on the cross. John had witnessed many scenes revealing the humanity of our Lord and had seen the tears shed by our Lord at the tomb of Lazarus. Now John beheld the glorified Christ. John had seen the humanity side. He had even seen the deity side many times by different miracles that he had done. But now he was seeing the glorified Christ unveiled as the ancient of days, the Jehovah of the Old Testament, as the Lamb who died for our sins. That's pretty awesome. In studying this book, I hope that we turn our attention to the one who has the preeminence of it all, Jesus Christ. The meaning and interpretation of symbols are secondary remember I said there's going to be a lot of symbolism in this, is secondary to the understanding of the position Jesus feels throughout prophecy. Now, the message of his coming, when we look at the message of his coming, it's the central message of the entire book. It's the central message of the entire book, and it's declaring our Lord is coming back. Over and over again, this truth is repeated. The book opens with the message of his coming and closes with the same. The book begins with John's prayer for his return. Even so, amen. Revelation 1 and 7. I'll bring that up and let you see that uh, as we, uh, we kind of just uh, reiterate what we studied yesterday. But uh, look at what he says. Even so, amen. And then it ends with a similar prayer. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. That's Revelation 22 and 20. John's prayer should be the response of born-again Christians everywhere. Even so, amen. Don't we want the Lord's will done, and don't we want him to come back for us? Then we should be responding in such a manner. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. Revelation 1 and 7. Revelation 2 and 25. Hold fast till I come. Revelation 3 and 3. I will come on thee as a thief. Revelation 3 and 11. Behold, I come quickly. Revelation 22 and 7. Behold, I come as a thief. Revelation 16 and 15. Behold, I come quickly. You see the common theme? He's coming. He's trying to reiterate all through the book, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Oh, what a glorious day that will be when our Jesus we shall see when he comes back for the church and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air. So shall we be with the Lord. So um, 
in this message of his coming, all the aspects of his return are brought out. And he is coming quickly. He is coming quickly as a thief. A thief doesn't give you a heads up. You know, I'll be there on, uh, you know, March 17th of, of 2025. No, uh, he says, you know, uh, just shows up, if you will. And and uh, so that's kind of how that when you read that word thief, it's not to steal anything. He doesn't have to steal. He's not a thief, but it says he he comes as a thief. As a thief is different than being a thief. Uh, how does a thief show up? He shows up unannounced. And so uh, we're going to see Jesus come. Of course, we've seen signs and, and uh, things in the Word that tells us his coming is soon, but it's going to happen in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That's quickly, isn't it? So we see that he's coming quickly, and he's coming for his church, not not another's church, not not anybody else's church. He's coming for his church. He is also coming in power and glory and judgment, and the whole earth, the whole world will see him. Now, Jesus Christ is revealed as the Lamb of God. He's revealed as the glorified Christ and as the Almighty. That's right. He's Almighty God. However, His humanity is not forgotten. John had known him in his ministry here upon earth, and as such, he was a faithful witness. Suffering and the cruel death upon the cross did not change this. Jesus was the faithful witness, even unto death. And that's why, you know, we're going to see some things connect here. Christ's ministry of redemption is clearly expressed in Revelation chapter 1, and I'm going to bring this up, verse number 5. Look what it says about Jesus, who is the faithful witness. That, that's so important to connect the dots who Jesus is. He is the faithful witness, suffering the cruel death upon the cross, it didn't change this. He's still the faithful witness. Christ's ministry of redemption is clearly expressed in Revelation 1 and 5. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins. In what? His own blood. He didn't shed his blood just to have something to do. He didn't shed his blood just because the government didn't like him. He didn't. Uh, he wasn't crucified by people, even though people crucified him. He laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for us. He gave his life for us. He shed his blood for us. That's why we got all these uh, references of uh, the shedding of his blood, washed by his blood, uh, cleansed by his blood, uh, by the blood of Jesus, all the songs that's been written. Oh, the blood of Jesus. So there's all sorts of things that uh, have our uh, attention about uh, the shedding of his blood. And the reason that he shed his blood was so that we could have uh, life 
and forgiveness of sins, of course, and life and have it more abundantly. So uh, 28 times, and this is important, 28 times in this prophecy, Christ is revealed as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And we can find that in John chapter 1, verse 29. Revelation 5 and 6 says, He stood as a lamb, stood a lamb as it had been slain. Uh, Revelation 5 and 12, Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Along with this picture of Jesus as the lamb who died is the unveiling of the Christ who conquered death. He is alive forevermore. Revelation 1 and 18 states, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. So I wanted to bring that back around to us to kind of give us a little understanding of um, how the book unveils Jesus Christ, how the unveiling of Jesus is revealed in such magnificent ways. Yes, he's a faithful witness. Yes, he's the lamb, but he's almighty God. He's all this and more. He's the beginning and the ending. He's alpha and omega, the first and the last. He is everything, and that's what the book is about. That's what the Bible is about. The Bible's not about stories of lion's den and fiery furnaces and, and uh, you know, uh, jailhouse breakouts. Even though all that was uh, happening, it was pointing to the one that made all that happen. And so that's why the book, the central theme of the Bible is the one true God who revealed himself in Jesus Christ. That's, that's a great understanding. Now, the revelation of Jesus that astounded John was the vision of Jesus as Jehovah in power and glory. John heard a great voice. Now, I want to uh, pick up in, in uh, verse number 9. Uh, we read verse number 8, and verse number 9, he says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Why was he on Patmos? That's what you have to look at. Because the devil wanted to shut him down wanted to shut him down. You can't shut down what God is exalting. You can't keep quiet what God is wanting to be told. And you see, that's why sometimes when people persecute uh, Christians and, and uh, want to get rid of them, and that's basically what they were doing, they killed some, they jailed some, they, they uh, uh, treated them very badly, and uh, yet they kept preaching. They kept teaching. And here John is. He's on the Isle of Patmos, and he's there because of what? For the word of God, because he's given the testimony of who Jesus is. You see, they didn't care. And this is something that we all have to kind of break down and kind of understand the people in Jesus' day, 
in the disciples' day and in the apostles' day did not care that people believed in God. They didn't care about that. That was not what caused them to be upset. What got them upset was when people started believing in Jesus, following Jesus, serving Jesus, praying to Jesus. That's what got them upset. It was not because people was believing in God. As long as people said, oh, I believe in God and and I, I believe in the law and all of this, well, nobody persecuted anybody. You, you don't read anything in the New Testament where somebody's being persecuted for just believing in God. Nobody. And nobody's being persecuted for not only just believing in God, but believing in the law. Nobody looked at them and said, you're going to jail because you don't believe, you know, I mean, you're believing in the law. But when people started saying, I believe in Jesus, I serve Jesus, Jesus is God, that's when all chaos broke out. That's when people began to arrest Christians, put Christians to death, and that's why John is on the aisle called Patmos. I hope I, I've now reiterated all that and got all that together for you to give you a little more understanding of why John is where he is and how we get the book of Revelation. So he's there for the testimony of Jesus Christ, for the Word of God. He, he's preaching the Word, teaching the Word, uh, talking about Jesus, and they said, well, John, got some bad news for you. You're going to Patmos. It was a penal colony of, of uh, for criminals, and he was treated like a criminal. Well, don't be surprised if in our day today, Christians start being treated like criminals. Haven't we seen it already with the pandemic? You know, uh, people that wanted to go to church, pastors that wanted to keep the doors open were arrested. It's it's uh, it's interesting. That's why John is on this aisle called Patmos. Now, we'll talk about Patmos in just a, a little bit, but uh, it's a barren place. It's uh, got few trees. It's It's a very barren place. It's more of a rock quarry. And uh, and that's that's basically what Patmos was, but let's let's continue talking about as we as we read in verse number uh, nine of why John is there. Verse ten says, "I was in the spirit on the Lord's day," and uh, now there's a kind of a, a kind of a different understanding of of some people that have. Uh, studied and researched and and referenced uh, people way smarter than me, I guess. But um, I think that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, not just seeing the Lord's day and seeing the things that was coming, but also I believe that he got in the spirit many times when it was, I always just call it church time. I believe that John remembered the day of the Lord. 
He remembered to keep it holy. He remembered to, uh, you know, uh, pray and, and seek the Lord. But others say, no, no, this is strictly dealing with the prophecies of the Lord's day, you know, when he, when he's coming. And, uh, so, um, I guess you can look at it either way. Uh, but I believe the main point is John was in the spirit on the Isle of Patmos. Now look at this scenario. John was in the spirit when he was in a place where few trees were. John was in the spirit when he was a pla- in a place where there's nothing but barrenness and rocky, um, you know, uh, geography. John is in the spirit because he's at a, a penal colony that is for criminals, but he's in the spirit. That, that speaks volume of John's character. Because if we're not careful, we'll let situations and circumstances keep us from getting in the spirit. Oh, we'll come to church and we'll be all upset because we had something go on at home or something go on at work or something go on in the community or family and we just all upset. So we ain't going to get no spirit. And then sometimes people come and they they feel bad and they they uh, you know had a hard day they're tired and all this and and uh, Wednesday nights is a challenge sometimes but you know what John didn't look and say well I'm here on the Isle of Patmos on a rocky quarry uh, barren uh, colony penal colony for criminals. So I can't get in the in the spirit on the Lord's day. I can't get in the spirit. How can I be in the spirit looking at my surroundings? Kind of some people's like those people says, how can we sing a song in a strange land? That's why our harps are up there in the willow tree. We we hung our hearts harps in the willow tree because we we're in a strange land. We can't get spiritual in a strange land. Well, I got news for us, and I know our time is up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop with this. We'll pick back up at verse ten um, to, on Monday. But you know, we're in a strange land right now. We're in a strange land right now, and the question is, can you get in the spirit? You might be going through strange valley, a strange sickness, a strange uh, time. You might be going through. Uh, things that bother you, things that upset you, things that trouble you, can you still get in the Spirit? Well, I want you to know that John could because John wasn't looking at his surroundings as being the programming of his response to God. Just because John was on an aisle called Patmos, a rock quarry, uh, a um, penal colony for criminals, it means he's going to quit loving Jesus. He knew why he was there. He knew why he was there. He was there for the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. You preach Jesus, people ain't going to like it. You stand for Jesus, people's not going to like it. But if you keep standing for Jesus, 
even when the world gets bad and chaotic as it is right now, you can still get in the Spirit and still love Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity to study your word. I pray, Lord, as we study the book of Revelation, that we will un understand the unveiling of who you are, but also understand that we must also follow the footsteps of those that was willing to stand, just like John, in the midst of all that he was going through and where he was exiled to, he still got in the Spirit. Lord, help us to always stay spiritual, no matter what comes our way. For it's in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen. Well, that will conclude our study for today. Man, I tell you, the more you dig into this, the deeper it gets, the more you uh, just uh, find nuggets here and nuggets there. And uh, I truly want to be able to get in the spirit no matter what I'm going through. John did. We should. And uh, I know the world we're living in is a weird world. Yes, it is. It's a, it is a weird world. But you know what? We can still love Jesus, still get in the Spirit in this weird world. Isn't it amazing that the world looks at us as being weird? We're the troublemakers. We're the problem. We're the weird ones. When you look at the world and how crazy they're doing and how weird they are, I guess it's only whatever you believe is crazy, but uh, the truth will stand when the world's on fire, right? Well, this is Friday, and we do have our trivia question up and running. What group of split-hoofed animals were permissible as food under the Old Testament law? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily, click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go, and we'll have the results of that on Monday's broadcast. Everybody have a great weekend. We hope to see you in church on Sunday, 10 o'clock, 10, uh, 10 o'clock for Sunday school, 11 o'clock for service at CAC, and then Pipewell Apostolic Church, 2 o'clock service. We hope to see you in any and all of those services. May the Lord richly bless you and keep you is our prayer because we are out of here. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.